0: hi guys this is black chick lit i'm danny and i'm molly and today we're doing the big one mm-hmm. we are doing beloved mm-hmm. by tony morrison i would like just to take a moment to sit and like enjoy the fact that we read it and we're done with it yeah we can now say we are black women who have read beloved yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was that was legitimately stressing me out because yeah. i was embarrassed to admit it to anyone oh yeah Yeah. I told you the story about the the professor at my job. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He was like, he
0: was, he was very disappointed. So I can't wait to go back and tell him I've done it. I've done what I should have done 15 years ago and read this book.
1: Well, you ask him if he's read, this could be us, but you play (laughs) it.
0: I I, I would love to see his face. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do him. I'm going to ask him his opinion on urban fake. Because, like, he seems cool enough, he probably, maybe not that exact title, uh-huh. but he's probably read some. Sister because, Soldier or something. Yeah. Because it's black literature and that's what he does. Yeah. So. Well, you right, ask yeah. him and report back. I will. Our correspondent. <laughs> um. So before you get into it, everything good? Yeah. i to remember if anything was happening since we last talked. Oh, well, the world is still terrible. Yeah. But I don't see that changing. Yeah. It's still.
1: It's so crazy. I mean, I really enjoyed Comey's shadiness.
0: <laughs> that was ridiculous. I felt bad because like, I didn't want to root for him because I still don't like him. Uh-huh. But like he was out here basically calling Trump a liar. Uh-huh. And it was great. I did not appreciate all the... Uh, like Roy Blunt was up there trying to cover for Trump's uh-huh. ass. And I was like, can you stop for five seconds? and Just, just take a look at yourself. Make the change, Roy Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> Make the change. Look at the man in the mirror. Look at
1: the man in the mirror. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, it was it was awkward, and then it just got too heavy, and I like had to take a break. Like, cause I watched it, I had it. Twitter was streaming it live. Yeah, so I was watching it live on Twitter, and I was watching for like a good hour and a half, and like it just kept going, and I'm like, yeah, no com- no commercials. I need a, <laughs> it's like I need-, I need a full break. <laughs> i did i like i need to step away so i did i stepped away i think i went and got lunch so it was a better decision yeah um so well we watched will... baby
1: boy last night
0: the tyrese classic yes baby boy yes
1: which i think is a classic a classic my boyfriend had never seen it and he didn't know any like he didn't know anything about it so it was really interesting to see it through the eyes of someone who had never seen it before never seen
0: it uh-huh what did he think
1: um he had a lot of
0: questions <laughs> we all do. <laughs> like, was it... Like, why is Tyrese, who's clearly, like, in his 30s at that age, playing, like, a young 20-year-old?
1: He actually was playing a 20-year-old, and he was 24 when he... Wasn't he? He looks
0: old. Doesn't he look
1: old? Taraji, I think, was, like, 31 and also playing 20. <gasps> and she looks That's a lot younger. That's amazing, because
0: I, I would believe that she was actually in her 20s. Right? Yeah. Oh, uh, I can vaguely remember that movie isn't it like friday but with like melodrama
1: yes it is um so we went on a whole kick i was sick the other week or so ago and i went on this whole like um kick on netflix just watching like all the urban films that they had um if you need a suggestion i would highly recommend the man in 3b that song has been stuck in my head forever and i just like looking at those and then going back and looking at baby boy i was like this really is like like a defining you know piece of this genre however we want to address the genre (laughs) like jody is the patron saint of fuckboys like
0: (laughs) it's also like the most like aughts thing yes like everyone's clothes are so two thousands and everyone just like it's a very very well defined product of its time yes it's like,
1: like it just it it, it could only exist then. And I don't think that I don't think that Baby Boy 2 is going to happen. But if it does, then I Is you. there?
0: I'm oh sorry. I just had a recollection. Isn't there a scene in that movie where like adult grown man Tyrese is folded up as if he's like and filmed as if he's in the womb? Yes, that's the opening. Or am I making that up? Oh, it's coming back to me. It's coming back. You should
1: rewatch it. It's a good time.
0: And Snoop Dogg is in and it, and Snoop. I think Taraji slaps him with a towel yeah. and tells him to take care of himself.
1: Yeah. It has a, real, a lot of really good moments in it.
0: <laughs> I I may have to go watch that one. Yeah. Um, I spent my time, like, did you know that the Steven Universe album is streaming now? I did. How you I like did it? that, and I liked it. It's basically everything you've already heard. Yeah. Um, and ballet started again, so I feel like I got some endorphins back. So, like, the low slide I was going to... <laughs> I'm coming back up like I guess exercise is the natural antidepressant because I started going back to ballet class after like their summer break. Mm-hmm. And I my mood instantly got a lot better. So that's awesome. Movement, Yeah, movement is good for you as they say.
1: Yeah, I felt um, I felt like really down at the beginning of this week. Like I was just really tired and dragging and then I I went back to coffee just like an obscene amount of coffee every morning. I remember I like, like strolled into the office. I was saying hi to everyone. People were like, oh my God, Molly, I feel like I haven't seen you in like three days. And all was like,
0: I got those stimulants. Man. I got those
1: stems back. So, you know, we all have uh, well, little
0: things. We're going to bring you back down because Ugh. we read Beloved. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to say as te- and when I say this book is bad, I do not because I'm going to say this book is bad and terrible a lot through this episode. I feel uh-huh. I do not mean it is a bad piece of literature. I gave it five stars on Goodreads because of course I did. I just mean it makes me not happy. Yeah, and it's heavy. It is. It is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> There's no real levity in it. I mean, I guess they go to the carnival. and That was well.
0: Fun. There was. There was one random like moment at the vi- we're jumping ahead but i did want to say there was one random at the, moment at the very end after um setha has attempted to attack a white man uh-huh. and like stamp is like what's she gonna do? what if it was just the landlord coming what's she <laughs> gonna do when the landlord comes <laughs> to get the rent she's gonna attack every white man who comes on her property
1: there were there were some funny lines like when baby yeah. S- shugs like she's right before she dies and she like <laughs> skips out and she's like Ain't no uh, bad luck in this world, but white folks. (laughs) She skips back in
0: and she dies. She goes, dies. Yeah. I was like, that's hella
1: passive aggressive, (laughs) but I love it. (laughs) The
0: original Shade Master. So, yeah. So there are a few moments, but for the most part, it's not a bright, cheery book. We're still going to try and make our way through it without. I brought alcohol. Apparently, (laughs) it's too early for Molly to drink, which never bothers me. because um, it is only like 1 p.m. or I am. Yeah,
1: so it's like 11 here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink for both of us. Okay. Um. So yes, so let's just get to the basics. It was written by Toni Morrison in 1987. This book is as old as I am. <laughs> so now I really feel bad for not having read it. I don't know. I thought it came out in the 90s. I realized as I read this, uh-huh. I was conflating a lot of things with the movie. Like uh... my... Fear, like the reason I was so hesitant to watch it came from like trailers I had seen of the movie. And I really didn't know that much about the, even though the movie, clearly the movie's about the book, I didn't know much about the book on its own mm. apart from the movie. Mm. Like I definitely pictured Danny Glover as like Paul D. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole time. Yeah. So it is what it is. So it won all the awards pulitzer Mm -hmm. american book award it did not win the national book award for 1987 did not win the national book Award. interesting it was a it was a finalist i don't know if it was a long list finalist or a short list i probably could have googled it but yeah i didn't so
1: that's interesting because you always see it on list of like the greatest like american books ever like whenever there's a list like oh these are like the seminal this is the american canon like beloved is almost always on those list and with good reason it was it was just an amazingly written and put together book well crafted very well crafted
0: i'm i'm trying to see like national book award winner for 1987 just to see what beat out beloved 1980 ah not 1895 (laughs) it was the making of the atomic bomb paco's story i haven't Oh, there's two. What? Hold on. Give me a second. Usually we save this messiness for the bonus episodes, but I just need to see. Uh, it was definitely, it was shortlisted as a finalist, but yeah, Paco Story 1. Is that the one about... No, never mind. So yeah, I haven't heard of this I one. I haven't
1: heard of this either. Nonfiction? Do they do fiction and nonfiction? I
0: I believe so because um that one guy's book stamped from the beginning, which is a nonfiction book, was a National Book Award winner. So there is a nonfiction um, yeah, The Making of the Atomic Bomb was the 1980, 1987 nonfiction award winner and Paco's story was the fiction oh, award winner. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Beloved was, it did make the short list for the finalists, but it did not win. I see. Yeah,
1: I haven't heard of Paco's story either. Oh, here we go on Google. Critics Notebook. Did Paco's story deserve its award?
0: <laughs> 30 years later? Is that a 30 year old article? Or is it like. <laughs> it from... is
1: actually a 30 year old article <laughs> okay. from the Times. Let's see. So,
0: okay, so maybe there was some discussion about it. Oh, members
1: so... of the literary community had widely regarded Toni Morrison's novel Beloved as a virtual shoe in for the prize. And the announcement last Monday evening that Mr. Heinerman's novel had walked away with the prize with, was greeted with uh expressions of surprise and astonishment. Uh.
0: I can see that. It's like if the Underground Railroad hadn't won the National Book Award. Yeah. And like it was expected to sweep everything. So
1: interesting. Oh, they got all these theories. Mm.
0: <laughs> we may have to share that article. Yeah,
1: okay. I'll I'll save it somewhere. Bookmark
0: that one. So, um before we can get into the discussion, we're just going to go over a synopsis Look, I'm never that confident about my synopsis. This one, even more so, because like I said, this is this is literature. But we're gonna go in so we all know what happens. These are the bare bones of what happened in the book. I'm not giving a spoiler warning because this book is 30 years old, and I'm sure most of us listening already have some idea. Yeah. But I guess that just counted as a spoiler warning, so whatever. So here we go the house at 124 bluestone is haunted setha a former slave and her daughter denver live alone in the house with the ghost of setha's dead baby who is posthumously named beloved her mother-in-law baby suggs has died and her two sons two other sons have run away one day paul d a man setha knew from years as a slave at a place called sweet home shows up and quickly becomes a part of the household denver feels some jealousy at the affection setha is showing paul d But after an evening at a carnival where the family is given a hesitant (laughs) greeting from the community, she begins to warm to him. That same evening, a mysterious woman wearing an expensive black dress and stolen shoes shows up on their front store. She's stumped. She says her name is Beloved. Beloved is desperate for affection from Setha. She wants her attention, and once more, she wants her stories. Beloved's constant request for stories forces Setha to relive relive the horror she experienced the past 18 years. She experienced and has spent the past 18 years trying to forget. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> running through this. Denver, who is desperate for Beloved's affection, soon finds herself on the outside, watching as her mother, to- mother and Beloved grow co- closer. And Paul D., who begins having sex <laughs> with Beloved, which was a complete... <laughs> that threw me for a loop. Soon finds himself getting pushed further and further away from the family, and eventually... Oh, wait, I'm jumping ahead of myself. One day, the old man who helped Seth and her children escape slavery, who goes by the name Stamp Paid, Tells Paul D the truth about what happened to Setha's children. That one day after she escaped, her old master found her and her children at the house on 124 Bluestone. Desperate to keep her children out of slavery, she attempts to murder all four of them. Four of them. Her older, quote, already crawling baby girl is the only one she successfully kills. Horrified by what he hears, Paul D. moves out. Alone in the house, Setha and Beloved's relationship grows even more unbalanced. Beloved eats and eats, growing bigger and bigger, while Setha appears to shrink in on herself. Denver eventually leaves the house to seek help and begins to know, to get to know members of the black community. One morning, while waiting for a ride to her new job, a group of women show up at 124 to drive away Beloved. Before they can act, however, the white man who, was hired, who has hired Denver shows up and is nearly attacked by an ice pick-wielding Setha, who is triggered by the sight of him in the yard. Beloved eventually runs away and is never seen again. Paul D. comes back to Setha, and Denver begins to work and support the family with a newfound confidence and that's that's the bare bones <laughs> and i'm sure there are a lot of detail there are a lot of things i left out because it's just i'm not tony morrison i can't even sum up tony morrison all that eloquently so but that's the gist of it mm-hmm. setha murders her child mm-hmm. child haunts them maybe comes back as a real living <laughs> apparition maybe <laughs> And it's driven off, and that's the end of it. This book, reading this book, made me feel like I was back in high school. I was pulling out all those terms. I was like, oh, Denver is a dynamic character because she changed. She started the book in the beginning as withdrawn and isolated, and now she's confident and going out into the world. It was really weird. <laughs> I see. It was really weird. Yeah, so that's it. Do you is there a plot point that I missed that you want to touch on? Or is there anything that...
1: No, I don't think so. Not anything, you know, that we can't get into in the right, you know, larger discussion.
0: Yeah, this is the overarching yeah. thing. Um I had to read Spark notes and watch a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah, I
1: watched that um uh the notes that she sent me. <laughs> and I love the part <laughs> where he's talking about Paul and his D come to the house and everything's good.
0: That was the greatest discovery I made while doing this. I found there is apparently a channel called Thug Notes, and it's like a gangster-inspired Spark Notes, and it's just videos.
1: And he gives a really good, like... He gave a really good analysis of the characters, which I'm going to steal some parts of.
0: (laughs) And it's not like... Because I thought the joke would just be him, like, no, he's very... He says a lot of homies and gangsters and that's bullshit, but at the end he in, in, uh, analyzes the text like any other... I think he has an actual English PhD. I think he
1: does, because at the end he's like, oh, thanks, you know me, can you yeah. donate, so.
0: Yeah. I mean, you do what you do when you have a PhD in English, right? <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> Those humanities professors jobs are, like, hard to come by. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, I guess we could just start off with it, like, what's our feelings? about it I feel bad (laughs) yes I put like on our outline I just put all my fears were warranted (laughs) (laughs) this book was worse than what I imagined and I have no plans to see the movie starring Oprah
1: (laughs) yeah it's like I feel I felt reading it like bad and confused but I think that that's the mark of how well it's written because I think that the characters felt bad and confused by Beloved's presence like she comes in, she's reminding them of all these horrible things. she's like mm-hmm. disrupting their ability to like live in the moment, like they keep kind of like traveling back to these hor- like these horrible things, this brutality over and over again because either the guilt that they're feeling or because she has some ghost baby powers um and I think that that was just reflected in the book itself, like there are several times where you're following the thread of something. And all of a sudden you're back to like Baby Soogs as a baby. And then it's like Beloved as a baby and you're going back and forth. And it just felt like unmoored sometimes. And I think that that's what the characters in the book were feeling too.
0: Yeah. And I also say the way it was written, sometimes you wouldn't realize like the horrible things that were happening Uh until like there was a moment Paul D is on a chain gang and, um, I guess, like, there's a moment where they're, like, lined up and, like, the slave master is asking them if they're hungry and it took me three seconds to realize he was raping them. Yeah. And, like, that was all, like, oh, crap, why? <laughs> and it's just, you don't, you're just going along sort of, not innocently, but you're going along, un- and you shouldn't really be going, you should expect some terribleness, but it sort of, like, blindsides you right? as to what it's like in the terribleness. Right. There was a so. scene where,
1: um, uh, Paul D can first confronts Sethe, and I know like she's walking around him like in a circle and like yeah. saying it. And I thought that that scene was so cool because she's like going around and around and around the ish like the question that he asked her. and She's also like going around him, and it's going back and forth between his like utter confusion and her like saying, "I really don't want to talk to you about this."
0: Yeah, that was the scene after Stamp paid. Yeah, I guess said like. He pulled the newspaper clipping of her story from the paper, which I thought had a great quote. Was that black people don't make the paper for anything good? Right. So even though he couldn't read it, he knew it had to be something terrible. Right. And so then he goes and confronts her, and yeah, she sort of like try. She like spins because there's a part in the book where he's talking about how he's spun about and he can't keep her eye on her because she's just walking in circles around him. Right. As she tells the story.
1: Yeah. It so. was. It was almost like very like horror movie esque. Like you can't even like focus on the person or the concept because it's spinning around you.
0: Yeah. The tone. So you're not, you may not like this, but the tone reminded me a bit of we love you, Charlie Freeman. Oh yeah. (laughs) Because I read that whole, and I thought it was well done there too. The, you read the whole book, like expecting you're on edge. You're expecting something terrible to happen. And even when it does happen, it's still sort of, like catches you off guard. Yeah. So I thought the tone overall was very appropriate. Yeah, it
1: kind of, actually, now that you say that, it kind of reminded me of Get Out, too. Have you seen that?
0: I, that's the, I have not seen
1: that. uh It's good. I you would,
0: would like it. There's so many movies I haven't seen. I know.
1: Uh, but a lot of the, like, actual horror in that movie, like, the buildup of the horror is just that you think something, like, racist is going to happen. Like, something bad is going to happen to this person because he's black.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, A plus on that. Um, Do you want to get, I guess these are all, this is like a real character piece. So I think maybe one of the easier ways to tackle this is just to talk about the characters. Yes. Yeah. okay. Yeah, and their stories. So who do you want to start with? There's a whole, I guess we could just start with Setha. Should we start I with Setha like, or should we start with Baby Suggs? I like Baby, we can do Baby because I feel like Baby Suggs will be a lot quicker. Yeah, because <laughs> Setha, I, I like, like Baby. I like Baby Suggs. <laughs>
1: Okay, so Baby Suggs. So she is Setha's um, mother in law.
0: Yes. Who had eight children by six different men and only got to see one of them grow into adulthood. Yeah. Which is really sad. Yeah. Uh, Haley. Um, Yes.
1: And we do get a lot of Baby Suggs' backstory. Like, we hear Mm -hmm. about her mother and, like, that horror, how she, like, the mother was hanged
0: and. You know, she was like, I thought that
1: was Setha. Was that Setha or was that baby Setha? That was Oh
0: Setha was Setha because she only saw her they call her her ma'am once in the woods and she had showed her a mark uh-huh. on I guess it was either her neck or under her under breast. Under her breast. Yeah, see, and, she and said, I like, feel
1: like that I feel like that's deliberate, like the confusion, like whose story is this?
0: Well, I I Because it could it's basically I was reading analysis and they said like there are so many untold stories of like horror. That happened during slavery Mm -hmm. this isn't one of them but it's represented representative representative (laughs) of many of them so yeah i'm sure that Setha's pain is not that much different than baby suggs pain yeah i remember that because what it came to me was i read analysis that said sorry everything i read you're gonna hear me say i read an analysis (laughs) i had to read everything to get this book but they said um the reason it was so important for setha to give her own babies her own milk was because she didn't get that from her own Uh, mother. Oh, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, Baby Suggs has a hard life too. And then her son works years to free her. Yeah. And she sort of, she doesn't resent it, but I think she thinks it's, she's already lived her life. Yeah. He should have freed himself.
1: Because he frees her, she's like 60, I think.
0: Yes, she's 60 and then she has 10 more years of freedom. Yeah. Before she passes.
1: I love this scene where she was like, when she first, like, realizes she's free and she's, like, my heart's beating. Like, my hands yes. only belong to me. I thought that that was just such a, like, impactful passage.
0: And that was the same moment when she realized that he had been calling her Jenny. Yeah. Like, her master had been calling her Jenny. Mr. Garner had been calling her Jenny all these years because that's what the bill of sale called yeah. her. And that she didn't actually have a name for herself I don't think she ever does because her husband name is Suggs he calls her baby right and that's how she gets her name baby Suggs yeah so but yeah her story I do I will say that baby Suggs was like the best like the best at just giving like no bullshit advice yeah <laughs> um sorry that was my nook you heard turn on because <laughs> so I'm trying to find like the best one I thought was at the very beginning when she was when they were like, "Well, we should move from this haunted house," and she's like, "Not a house in the country ain't packed to its rafters with some dead Negro's grief." And I was like, "Well, yeah, yeah." <laughs> it's like, "Wait, yeah, you're right." Well, <laughs> might as well get the baby ghost, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was baby subs. I do. I thought the thing with the color as she died was interesting. Yeah,
1: because it's like it seemed like. Now, again, correct me if I'm wrong, because I listened to the Audible for most of it and then read some.
0: <laughs> Which I heard the Audible was not the best, like yeah. yeah,
1: so Toni Morrison reads it herself, and it was just a little bit hard to follow at times.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I, it was really great to actually hear her reading it. So I don't know, I went mm-hmm. back and forth with it. But <laughs> um, I know that paid. Who's kind of like her her boo later in life, or at least he wanted to be
0: is he I thought he was just like his...
1: go ahead I sorry. thought he was like I...
0: because you know she
1: he uh he's very religious from what I got stamp paid, mm-hmm. and he talks about like after um Setha kills the baby, it seems like that's when suggs baby Suggs is like i'm I'm pretty much done. And he keeps saying, yeah. like, you can't give up the word, you can't give up the word. Like he wants her to be this certain type of person with him. But baby Suggs is just like, I can't I can't go there because of these horrible things that I've seen. Like I can't sing, I can't talk about God. I can't do all this other stuff. The only thing I want to do right now is what I like, and that is just think about color until I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah cuz i saw that scene and i thought he was just sort of like he didn't want her i didn't i guess i just thought about he was she was an elderly an elderly woman mm-hmm. and he just didn't want her giving up i didn't think about his motivations for why he was trying to push her so hard to not
1: i don't know why i thought he was trying up, to but... get some but i just <laughs> like the second he showed up like that whole scene where he's like going to set this door over and over again and he keeps saying i'm doing it for um baby sugs i'm doing it for baby sugs i just thought and the way he was like oh i just come in and out of her house i mean i know he came out in and out of everyone's house but it kind of seemed i kind of seemed like he wanted some <laughs>
0: <laughs> i didn't i find this reading fascinating because i totally because i missed that one but i, I i'm glad to hear you because i it's really interesting i feel like this is a book that can go 50 different ways yeah like you say that i'm like yeah sure there's definitely a reading that probably <laughs> supports that i sort of got it because it comes back after he's trying to deal with his own uh-huh. withdrawal and breakdown so i thought he was just reflecting back mm-hmm. on that because i was sure by the time he saw i couldn't figure out his age i thought he was a little younger than baby Suggs. I doesn't he keep saying he's an old man though he was an old man by the time, I think, uh, all this stuff happened. But I think when he first met Baby Suggs, she was 60. I thought he might have been in his, like, 30s or, well, 40s or 50s or something.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think it's because of the way he, like, went and got the blueberries. But then he kind of did that for Denver, too. Yeah. And then how, like, right after it happens, he, like, picks up Baby Suggs to carry her away. And she he was like, oh... She looked up at me like a girl or something. And I I think he just maybe if it wasn't a romantic thing, like he was looking for some vulnerability or to be some kind of caretaker Mm -hmm. or rock for um, baby Suggs.
0: That I definitely get because I feel like he has this need to be needed by the people. Not to say that he doesn't help people out of his own either sense of morality or sense of what's right. But I do think he likes being needed. That's why he felt so. I don't know how to switch from our baby Suggs talk to Steve I mean, to they're, Paul Stampede, yeah. but um, yeah. But I think he um, he, because like that was his big thing. He didn't want to knock because he felt like, after all he did, he shouldn't have to knock. Yeah, and he, he liked likes, that.
1: Like yeah. it wasn't
0: just a thing he took for granted. It was a thing that
1: he liked that he could do.
0: Yeah, and it was enough so that he went there repeatedly and still couldn't knock despite the fact that he knew that this strange woman was there and causing some sort of problem in the household. So, And after he had disrupted the household by telling Paul D about Setha's murdery past <laughs> and drove him away. Yeah. So. so why do you think he did that? I think, well, he has a whole like little reflection on that and I yeah. think he did it because the whole neighborhood, I think, does not like setha and i think he sort of did it maybe to like oh you need to know the truth but also to sort of like bring setha down a bit to be like don't forget who you are because it's only afterwards after he's told paul d and paul d has left the house does he feel any guilt for it and he feels guilty because he sort of in a way has wronged setha And then he even thinks like, oh, I've also wrong... He doesn't think about Denver. He doesn't even think about Denver until after he realizes the wrong he's done to Seth. So I think he sort of did it. The whole community sort of does not like Seth. I think they think she's too proud. And I think they think she's too... That she thinks she's too good for them. And so they do not like her, which is... They touch on this. This is one of the reasons why no one told the house that the white men were coming. When she and her babies were there. And I
1: kind of like that that could be read as you know, just, like, just an actual, like, grounded distrust of, um, of, uh, Setha, but then it also kind of plays into that supernatural part, too, like, oh, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you see in, like, horror things, there are always bystanders, but they usually don't help, like, they just kind of, like, witness the horror, but they, that's kind of like a trope, like, oh, you know, you run up to someone for help, and they're like, I don't see anything, and then the whole, like, right. um, like there was just this cloud, like, Beloved put this cloud over everyone, where um, uh, Stampede, who's usually so courteous of everyone else, doesn't even think about it. He's just like, I just have to cause, like, my part in this chaos is just to show um, Paul D. this clipping. And I don't even know why I did it. I didn't even really have a reason to. And when I think about it, I probably wouldn't have done it. But... Beloved yeah. wants so much control over everything that it's almost like her spirit is forcing him oh, to, yeah. to you know, build her up and get Paul D out of there.
0: I didn't consider that. Yeah, that's a good interpretation, too, because she does want Setha. Beloved wants Setha all to herself, okay. like repeatedly. So she is really creepy in the movie. I watched some scenes on YouTube and it's like, I don't know. The actress who plays her looks familiar. I can't place her. But she like speaks in this really like slow, halting way, and it like kind of t- it like grates on my ears. So it just really adds to the whole horrible. Yeah. Thing, so, um, there was something else about Paul D. I wanted to say, or I'm I keep wanting to call him. I keep wanting to call st- Stamp Paid Stamp D. Oh. <laughs> um, but Stamp Paid. There was something else, but I it's it'll come to me when we get to it. But um oh. Denver, I think he had... Um. That's what I was going to say. You said that he was really drawn to baby hooves. I felt like he was really drawn to Denver. Yeah. He, he was the one who kept... He's the only reason Denver was alive. He's the only reason Denver survived her mother's attempts to kill her children. Because he <laughs> grabbed her right before she was going to smash her head against a wall. Yeah. And so I think he feels like he... That drew some connection or he feels like he owes something to her. Because you're right. When he goes and gets those blueberries, the first thing he does... Is he takes two and just sticks one? in her mouth? (laughs) Yeah, puts it in this baby's mouth. And they're like, she's too little. So Yeah. And I think
1: it came from, like, he was like, oh, I was, like, the first one in the community to see Denver. That's right, yeah. Because he sees her when she's so little. And I think that kind of, like, again, awakens that I want to be the savior. I want to be the protector in him to have this
0: little baby. Yeah because remember Ella's like I wrapped that baby and then he goes like no I wrapped that baby
1: <laughs> Which may- which makes it so interesting that she that Denver is the last one he considers um after he's when he spills yeah, yeah. the beans and he even acknowledges it's good for Paul D to be there for Denver because he's been getting her out of the house and he was
0: like the last kind of normal person who she interacted with Right I would like to say on the side that the Ella character, maybe my favorite. <laughs> she puts up with no bullshit. See, she, she sort of disowns Setha after killing her baby, but then when she thinks that this baby has come back, she's like, "Nah, <laughs> The past is in the past. Right. If you want to haunt her, you leave it on the ghostly plane. You do not come into the real world.
1: She's like, Uh uh-uh, uh, there's a time for ghosts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, We got to go do something about it. And then you learn she killed her own baby. Yeah. So that's like. I thought Ella was an interesting character. Yeah, she was. But I just love that moment. I, I think I highlighted it too because it was so hilarious. It was like, there's, but if it took flesh and came into her world, world, the shoe was on the other foot, like, how dare you, ghost?
1: I was like, come on, ghost. We have an agreement.
0: That seems to be the thing that
1: offended her yeah, the most. Yeah, not that there was a ghost, not that anyone was killed. She was like, ghost, you know you're not allowed
0: on the couch. <laughs> You remained an otherworldly spirit like you belong. <laughs> uh, I did wonder, so we can get to this when they get to this part. I wondered like where she, where did Beloved get that body? I was like, if if you believe the whole, so I heard there were two theories. There's a theory that she is in fact Setha's baby, uh-huh. come back in, in the flesh, or she is a woman, and I think this one's just as solid too, a woman who has recently escaped sexual servitude mm. and is just kind of lost and confused who happens maybe who heard the name Beloved and happens to go by Beloved. Like, where did she get the body if she is the haunted baby ghost? Because there's that scene where, like, her tooth falls out. Yeah. And she's like, I'm falling apart. And,
1: like, when she first comes, like, her hands and her feet are, like, all soft and shiny. Yeah. But then she's also, isn't, is she soaking wet when she first shows up? I can't remember.
0: She's really thirsty. She drinks all that water and then Setha has to go and, like, P really bad, <laughs> right? But I don't wish. I don't know. If she was wet.
1: Now I can't remember because there was something yeah. about like the river or something at the beginning. Oh, really
0: yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot.
1: Yeah, so it definitely no. seemed like maybe if she was, and I kind of like the the ghost reading better. I think that's what was in my mind the whole time. I was like, I was like, this is a ghost, but
0: yes well because i thought it made sense because that whole there's a section in the book where we see everything from each character's point of view Mm -hmm. so like we go to denver's or Seth's head and she tries to explain why she had to kill her children we go to denver's head and she talks about how she just feels left out or no she wants to she feels afraid she still feels afraid of her mother Mm -hmm. after hearing what she did 18 years ago and then we go into beloved's and it's a mess but i thought i read pieces of like past lives or like hiding under dead bodies or like under a pile of dead bodies i'm like is she some kind of like like it's really you could read it either way i thought that scene was really interesting and that made me wonder that's what made me wonder where did she get the body after she described the hill of dead bodies yeah. and how she was buried underneath them and how the man with weird teeth was on top of her and then he died
1: yeah so. and i was thinking of the part where she says um Uh, A fully dressed woman walked out of the water. She barely gained the dry bank of the stream before she sat down and leaned against a mulberry tree. All day and night she sat there, her head resting on a trunk in a position abandoned enough to crack the brim in her straw hat. Everything hurt her lungs most of all. Sopping wet and breathing shallow, she spent those hours trying to negotiate the weight of her eyelids. The day blew her dress dry, the night wind wrinkled it. So I think, like, yeah, she does, like, come out, like, just wet at first, but then I guess y- by the time yeah. I see her, she's all dried. Yeah. So. so I don't know if it was, like, a yeah. body. Like, you know, there's this whole thing about, um, like, black bodies that and it's kind of a slave trade thing that died during the slave trade and were thrown over, and what that kind of yeah. means, and what that haunting could mean for the ocean. So I kind of, I don't know, I kind of got pictures of that when she came out of the river that, uh, stamp paid was ferrying people
0: across yeah well to get you know high school english class on it water like was a really important i guess symbol in the whole book because like she gives birth to denver by the edge of a river Mm -hmm. her water breaks at the water Mm -hmm. she does Um, pee a lot right when she sees she pees a lot right when she sees (laughs) beloved beloved likes standing in the water um they go ice skating after paul d left yeah leaves to try and like Prove that they're all still happy. And then Baby Sage, so, yeah, yeah, right when
1: she gets free, she's like drinking the water and amazed by like the pump.
0: Yeah. 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 So you could probably write a whole 12th grade essay on the role of water in <laughs> Beloved. Yeah. But like, I'm telling you, this book, I was like, ooh, that would be my theme. um But yeah, so Beloved was just ultra creepy. I couldn't figure her out. I couldn't figure out if she was, um I knew she, I went with the ghost thing reading it, and I couldn't figure out if she was a vengeful ghost. Or if she was just like a sad baby ghost who just really, really wanted her mother yeah. to the point of like a destructive at destructive levels. But I like couldn't figure her yeah, out
1: Yeah, because it kind of plays on that idea of like motherhood, too, especially in horror. It's like, you know, something that took so much from your body and mm-hmm. continues to take you know, so much from all your life when you are a mother and there's a reading of it that's very negative, even if the baby itself is just being a baby. Um, yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be vengeful, but then you have the added fact like, well, is she angry? Does she understand what happened? Like, you know, she wants so much of her, her mother because that's what a baby does. It just needs a lot from an adult. But mm-hmm. is it doing it out of malice? Is Beloved doing this out of malice too? Like, it yeah, that was a kind of wrinkle that I had yeah, she was
0: too. Yeah, she was just a... And then at the end where they sort of switch roles and Setha's the one clinging to her and she becomes sort of helpless mm-hmm. and then Denver's the one who has to go out and be the adult.
1: <laughs> Denver's finally like, what?
0: <laughs> like, I gotta get the hell out of here. We're all gonna starve. Right. But yeah, um we sort of, in a way talked about a lot of them i'm trying to think what else i'm trying to think there was something else i know i wanted to talk about um with setha oh her time back on sweet home and the so she goes through like a lot of horrors and i think the one that really had the lasting effect on her was when they stole her milk and maybe because i am not a mother this is going to sound really insensitive of me but i didn't for a while i couldn't figure out what the deal was Mm. Besides the fact that it was because I didn't know if it was a rape or what. And then I sort of got it mm-hmm. like that, I think, had a really lasting effect on her. And then it wasn't until she explained about her. We got the thing with her mother. I sound like a real asshole right now. I'm sorry. I know what the big deal was. I just didn't. I thought it'd be something you worse. didn't.
1: Yeah, you didn't get the symbolism yet until she said it.
0: Yeah. Until her. Yeah. Until her it's mother like came, you can. That was the one. And that's. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say that's what drove Hallie crazy. Right. And I did not get the butter thing. Like, I'm I'm sure there's something there. Yeah. Like, covering his face with butter.
1: And I don't know if that went back to the cows.
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. I tweeted Molly and I was like, why is this? I did not expect this much cow molestation yeah. in this book. I was like, whoa.
1: Yeah, there's just a lot of imagery in here that's just horrible. <laughs> just, and you know. It comes out of nowhere. And I think it's horrible, too, because you're like, oh, shit. What people do? Oh, my God. Slavery was terrible
0: and then you're like and then you have this terrible thing it's like well they're leaving her alone it's it's uh it's really weird but yeah he sees he sees setha getting attacked by the school teacher and his nephews and they steal her milk and they don't describe how they steal it but it is an assault and so and so that he doesn't meet up when they're gonna escape he never meets up because that's what broke him Mm -hmm. and so I think Paul D says that the last time he saw Hallie, he was near the butter churn, spreading butter on his face. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I think Sixo's story was the most tragic. Oh me. yeah. I I liked Sixo. I thought that um when he does that, so he steals this baby pig and he gets in trouble <laughs> for it, and he's like, I didn't steal it. I was improving your other property by ensuring it kept it was well fed and. And healthy, yeah, this does not work, of course, and he gets whipped, but, um, I think he has like the most romantic line in the book, which is not that easy, which is not that hard of a thing to do, <laughs> considering the nature of this book, but um, the whole concept of this whole book is like, no one lets themselves love anything, yeah, like like Paul D says like he only loves he picks really small little things, like a star in the sky, and Setha says she didn't even let herself love her children fully or she didn't realize how much she loved her children until she was free and she could love them. But Sixo, it seems like does not think that way because he will travel 30 miles to see this woman that is named the 30 mile woman. (laughs) And so on the night when they're trying to, it's like on the last page of the book, and I guess, I don't know how it comes up, but I guess Paul D is just remembering it. Sorry. And now I have to find it. Paul D is remembering it. And he says, when he's trying to describe how he felt about the 30 mile woman, he goes, She's a friend of my mind. She gather me, man. The pieces I am, she gather them and give them back to me in all the right order, which is sort of like considering all the stuff they must go through and all the stuff they must have to deal with is a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It wow. actually reminds me of um the part where Paul D is leaving Sethe and she w- she was like, "Oh, you know, he like grabs his hat. <laughs> He's like set dinner out for me." and um then he goes and she's like oh that's really sweet like he doesn't he thinks that um if he tells me he's leaving or if he doesn't love me that will break me even after everything i've been through and she's just kind of yeah. like yeah i just if you go you go and paul d is like so broken broken up about it
0: yeah i feel like she's been through so many horrors that she can't really yeah she it's just <laughs> Do you think she's sane at the end of the book? No. I was trying to figure out, <laughs> because she's a lot more stable. Yeah. Sane and stable, I would say, are not the same thing. She's a lot more stable at the end of the book than what I was expecting, especially after, as soon as she picked up that ice pick, man. At the end of the book, when she picks up, <laughs> when they mention, when Toni Morrison mentions that she has an ice pick in her hand, I'm like, she's going to go after somebody right. again. Damn it. Yeah. But at the end, yeah, after that has happened, after she's attempted to attack someone for a second time, She's, I still, I'm like, oh no, she's gonna, she's not well. Yeah, I think that she probably, like, broke
1: when she sees school teacher coming up for her, and she's talking about, like, hummingbirds, like, stinging her, and... Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I thought that that was the point where she broke beyond repair, kind of, but I think the difference is... You know, the first time, she doesn't have community around her. Like, no one really steps up to help her except for baby a little bit. Um, and she can't, she can't function. She has no stability because she has no people around her. And at the end, all you know, Denver gets all the women together. And Paul D comes back and Denver is supporting her. So while she's not, she's broken again and she hasn't ever really recovered, there are people at least who can help her because they understand, like, some of the horrors that she's been through and they can prop her up through it. Yeah. So, hmm. Uh, Now, I want to do a little aside because I was looking up just random Googling like we usually do. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw this list of um, 11 haunting facts about Beloved on Mental Floss.
0: Oh, oh no. But
1: the interesting one is... um, Number seven, when Beloved didn't win the National Book Award in 1987, fellow writers protested. Did they really? It says, after the snub, 48 African-American writers, including including Maya Angelou, John Edgar Wideman, and Henry Louis Gates Jr. signed a letter that appeared in the New York Times Book Review. For all of America, for all of American letters, the letter addressed, Addressing Morrison read, you have advanced the moral and artistic standards by which we must measure the daring and the love of our national imag- imagination and our collective intelligence as a people. So that must be that letter from earlier.
0: That's interesting. I did not realize when I skimmed over that little didn't win the national book award thing that there was a whole- There's a whole history. There was a whole scandal under yeah, that. Yeah, interesting. But I could see it- Um. It's nothing new, honestly. right?
1: It's like, oh, <laughs> hey,
0: here we go, black excellence, <laughs> man. Yeah. So, um, uh, I the more I think about the idea of beloved, I just want to throw this out there because we didn't give it too much uh-huh. talk. The idea of beloved being a woman who was locked away and who somehow got mm-hmm. out, the more I could see that being a valid one too, because we know in the book that this happened because it happened to Ella. Mm-hmm. Because Ella talks about she has a way she refers to it's like the lowest yet. That's how she'll refer back to it. And that's how she compares terrible things in her life. She compares it to like, well, it's not it hasn't reached the lowest yet. Mm. And So like when you read it, I feel like it could also be if she was locked away. She she is sort of she does have inappropriate boundaries. I'm trying to think of what I know about, you know, like how sexual abuse and how the trauma can manifest itself. Mm. Yeah, she does have inappropriate boundaries. She does have that really. We should probably talk about this. Really inappropriate relationship with Paul yeah. D. That came. Out, I was. I thought he would. I. Had, I thought he would. I'd never in a million years thought he would. Yeah. Do that just because he was so creeped out by. And her. I think. And then he does. I think
1: that that Thug Notes helped my understanding of this. To be very honest, because at <laughs> first I was like, "Wait, what?" But it, he kind of explained it as um, Paul D if you take um, Beloved as a ghost that's not the, or an embodiment of the horrors of slavery, she is taking his own sexual agency away from him. Like, this is someone who he's completely not interested in, he's happy with Setha, but because he doesn't have ownership over his own body, even sexually so, that's why he sleeps with her, because she's doing it to him like almost like a rape you know
0: yeah i can see yeah and that just sort of i guess it's not really important whether or not beloved is a ghost or not it's guess it's what she represents right. and she does represent like the horror that they all right. experienced and it works a lot better that way so yeah i could see that yeah um the, yeah it's like i needed a break i'm like this book was so hard. I, like, sort of finished it all yesterday. Uh-huh. We were supposed to record yesterday, and I was like, I think I need a day. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like, can we record like, tomorrow?
0: <laughs> I think I also tweeted, like, I'm used to reading Cotton Candy, and this book is, like, quinoa rock. broccoli. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I can't just wolf that down. Yeah.
1: yeah, it wasn't a book that you could really sit with and read for
0: long stretches. Um, It's also really not just heavy in subject matter the way it's written is really heavy they're a long they're like big blocks of text very big blocks of like yeah descriptive poetic prose
1: that you can't just read quickly and it's always turning back in on itself like i was talking about earlier like it i think some parts are meant to confuse you
0: yeah well because it does shift it shifts between the present and the past like very easily and you won't even realize you're in the past at first it just sort of goes back and right. forth
1: like a haunting like something from your
0: past <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> connections. connections. <laughs> um all right i had a thing and it <laughs> went away but that's okay um oh i kind of like there are a lot of random side characters that i thought were really interesting i've already talked about mm-hmm. ella i thought ella was pretty just because she's like just because she ain't putting up with no ghost shit, <laughs> um. And I thought um Amy Denver was really interesting, the woman who like helped right. birth, who helped deliver Denver. Like, what was up with her? She like the whole because she, she doesn't deliver in a shack. She helps her in a shack. It's so weird. Like she comes across Setha just like collapsed. right, and she does not. And she's she's like, like,
1: oh, we can go back to my sh- back toward my shack, and like Setha's like crawling. Yeah, she's and just she's walking like, along and the time.
0: I got to go get some velvet from Boston.
1: Right? She's like, I want that brown velvet. the fuck are you talking about?
0: <laughs> it's like, I've never seen. And like, she's, she's holding this conversation about velvet and stuff. It's literally like in pain on the ground. It's like, no, ma'am, I've never <laughs> <Right>. seen velvet. <laughs> it's like, I guess it's a sign of like just some obliviousness. Yeah. Cause, but despite her obliviousness, she is probably one of the more helpful white characters yeah. in the book. Because she was, once they do get to the shack, She does massage Seth's feet, which I'm sure we're in no, like, we're in terrible condition. And then when they get to the water and she, her water breaks, she does help deliver Denver. She does have that really great quote where she's like, you're not doing this now, are you? (laughs) Like, Like, you don't stop. You can't deliver this baby here now. So, so there was that. But I think. She was really interesting. Stampade was interesting. I thought the boys, her two sons, mm. were also really interesting. Yeah. So she attempts to kill them. She does She does yeah. hurt them. She stabs them, I think. I don't know where. I couldn't figure it out from the book. And then after that, they are afraid of her. And like they hold hands. Yeah,
1: like stand in the yard.
0: Yeah, and they do not like being yeah. near her. And then I think it's implied that they run away to join the yeah. war.
1: And it was very interesting when, I think it was school teacher, like right when they come for her and like he sees like one of the sons lying on the ground and he says like he sighs like he was in a dream, just like a little
0: happy baby, just kind of sighs. And I was like,
1: that's so creepy. Oh, yeah. it's so creepy. That that
0: really made the pain. Like, oh, this little baby boy. That whole scene, the scene that describes like what Setha did is really interesting because the first point of view is from Slave or school uh-huh. teacher the slave master and it's like really dehumanizing you can't even tell because he keeps referring to everyone like as nigger or, or boy <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah so you can't so even though we know all of these characters we can't figure out who's doing what until it shifts perspective right. and it's like I think it's stamp paid who's yeah, describing he it grabs uh, yeah because he talks about how he grabs and how like his guilt over
1: like not taking the axe out even though it's like there was no way yeah. he could have known
0: yeah. So I thought that writing was really weird because I remember reading that scene I'm like, okay, I know Toni Morrison wrote this, but I cannot take this all this nigger stuff like please. And then like cuz you're so disoriented, you have no idea right. what's happening because of the way it's right. written.
1: Damn, she Yeah, dead. I mean it's she <laughs> I think probably the if you look at a technical standpoint, probably the most impressive thing is how she's able to mirror the the tone of the characters and the writing itself. Like I don't yeah, think. I mean, like that's why I said yeah, I don't think I've ever. That's seen why I gave book it a five. Do that quite as well as this has, like even approaching it.
0: Yeah, and that's why I said that's why I gave it a five. Even though, I don't know if I could reread this book soon. I probably would. I feel like this would be a good book to reread when you actually have children. Yeah. Like if we were still doing this podcast like ten or fifteen years yeah. from now, because I'm sure that there would
1: be a different, a totally different. Yeah, we're not.
0: V2. yeah but um yeah that's why i gave it a five anyway because like the thing she does with the writing and the words and the way she makes it work i'm like that see that's that's writing yeah. that's literature so like anybody i just play around with some all- allusion or what's the i can't remember the word Similes? Mind, Ignore me. <laughs> no when, like all the words have the same first letter uh, alliteration alliteration that's it that's my fanciness is i can do some alliteration <laughs> this is a master class yeah, this is great so. i will say though it did lose me at one point and i had to go read like again spark notes to get it after we get the three chapters that are each their mm-hmm. perspective and then there's the one chapter that's like the chorus of perspectives mm-hmm. i didn't get the point of any of those chapters but then what i read was in one scene when Paul D is discussing about how he approaches the house and he has to walk through this like wall of like voices mm. and how he can't make out anything but the word mine. Mm. And so that's what that is. We're hearing that's what that's what he can't make out. That's what he's mm. hearing. Interesting. So those are, yeah, those are the voices that are supposed to be surrounded. At least that's what this one reading uh. said. Those are the voices that are surrounding the house that when he walks through he just talks about how he's overwhelmed by all these different voices and and things speaking to him. I think that's what it's. That's supposed interesting because Stampede says that says that too. Yeah. Like he's got to fight through all these voices. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so then I read like, well, that run that one chapter with the chorus is supposed to be the voices. That's what those voices are supposed to be.
1: Yeah, that's really skillful then to be like, okay, you're in people's heads. Right? There's all these things. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't
0: pick up on that at all. Oh, I'm telling you, I had, I've never had to do as much, like, preparation for an episode as I've had for this one. I was like, look, I can't get up here and make myself sound stupid. I made myself sound like an insensitive asshole. That's bad oh, enough. No. I don't want to sound stupid. So, um, oh, there were two quotes that Paul D said that I also thought were cool. I could just talk about all the yeah. quotes. When One, they're both related. One, when he tells Setha her love is too thick. Mm. And then the other one when he tells her that she has two legs. Oh yeah, Seth was mad. Was like, damn, <laughs> she was. I was like, damn, because I imagine that'd be a very sensitive spot after overhearing your white slave owner telling his students to categorize your characteristics as human or animal. Yeah. Plus all the cow. Plus, <laughs> all... <laughs> it always goes back to that, doesn't it? So, um. Yeah, so, like, when he said that, I was, like, did he just compare, like, I didn't, it's Gobsman? I'm, like, did he just call her yeah. a beast? Yeah, and I love, like, like the oh, scene
1: I'm... where she says, right then, like, a a forest sprouted between them, and, like, the whole rest yeah. of the time, she's, like, calling to him from the opposite side of the forest, so, like, damn, that's a good, that's a good, that's good imagery. You done messed up, Paul You done messed up, Pauldy. <laughs> you thought you beat that <laughs> baby ghost, like, threw it out the window or whatever, but you just made her mad. And now we're
0: exactly. out in the forest. At the church or in the basement <laughs> of the church. Drinking. drinking. Um, oh, I thought, so another thing. Sorry, if you have a thing you want to talk about, no, let me know. I just have things that keep popping up into my head. I also like how, I guess it's Hallie before he goes insane. It's when they're discussing how they're going to mm. leave. He sort of says he doesn't see any difference between Mr. Garner's type of slavery mm-hmm. and the school teacher's type of slavery, which I'm glad was sort of brought up because it's sort of um, not implied, but it's sort of, well, I don't know. Gar- Mr. Garner, their previous master, is a very sort of like, I guess, radical kind of slave owner. He lets them learn how to figure. He lets them know how to read right. and write. He asks their opinion about things. He calls them men and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And then he dies, and the school teacher comes on, and he is more, he's crueler yeah. he and he's just, he's what you think of when you think of a slave. Right. Singer. And so Hallie sort of goes, I guess there were a few slaves who were sort of, I guess not, I guess you could be lulled into a false sense that, you know what, things aren't that mm-hmm. bad. And so he's talking with Setha one night, and she, he just straight up says, like, I don't see any difference between Mr. Garner's type of slavery. Right. And and school teachers type of slavery and i'm glad that was sort of said made explicit because right. it's like too. when baby Sh- sobs gets freed
1: and she's like in the house with the, the scottish people i couldn't remember if they were scottish or not the
0: brothers, they were <laughs> they were scottish i was like is there some secret history of like scottish abolitionists i need to look right. up because this is like the second or third book and um she was
1: like uh I mean, I thought it was devastating when she thinks she's going to get some money and they're like, oh, no, you'll just fix shoes and you'll live there, but we're not going to give you any money. And she's like, oh. Yeah. And then she's kind of looking at, um, uh, oh, I just lost his name and you just said it, Mr. Gardner. And um, she's like, he's like, oh, all benevolent. And you kind of think she's going along with it. But then right at the end, she's like, but she's, he still has my son and he'll be like yeah. paying me off long after I die. So it's like, you know, this kind of double double sense like oh yeah okay yeah. but it's it's still
0: evil you're still benefiting from this really bad yeah. system yeah
1: it's like you are still
0: evil i forgot they were scottish
1: <laughs> i don't know why that's that so funny i'm
0: like because like all we've done lately is read about Scots. random Scotsmen, and you were reading that one book <laughs> yeah. by the one guy that was super yeah. scottish we're gonna have to research this but yeah um it, that reminded me sort of, of um um have you read The Invention of Wings? I haven't. It's uh slightly relevant because it's it was an Oprah pick, but it's about these it's it's about these two real life sisters whose name Grimke. I think they were the Grimke mm-hmm. sisters, and it's a fictionalized account of how they grew up. And they sort of deal with this sort of thing where they deal with it more directly where they she is an abolitionist, both the sisters become abolitionists, but they are also the daughters of really wealthy slave owning like industrialist, So eventually they have to like reconcile that and they try to make it right. But it was interesting. It just so, it dealt with that same issue, but in a more direct yeah. approach. If you read that one, I heard do not buy the Oprah enhanced version because apparently Oprah does not shut up. <laughs> she has notes off of the book oh, no. and people are like, I don't care. <laughs> I just want to read this story. Yeah. And it's, I, what do you think of Oprah's movies? Um, so did she co-produce Their Eyes Were Watching God? Did she? I
1: don't
0: know. Was that a Oprah thing? I feel like Oprah, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, can sometimes be given to sentimentality. I was going to say the exact
1: <laughs> same thing. And I was asking because I haven't seen Beloved. But I was thinking there is no sentimentality no. in this book. So I was no. wondering, like, how how Oprah's aesthetic... Like you said, a sentimentalizing would mesh with this.
0: I mean, just look at the the poster for the movie. It's like Oprah and Danny Glover, like smiling and looking up, hopefully. And I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, that's not the point of this book at all.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> oh that's not that's not at all yeah,
0: too hopeful, Oprah. <laughs> so it's like, and then I watched the trailer, and the trailer is like. It's a little bit creepier than that, and I get it. I feel like this book. I don't know how you would turn it into a movie and do it any kind of justice. It would just. It how. would
1: have to be straight horror, like it is. It, you know, we were talking before. If it's just a horror novel, yeah. and it it it's a ghost story, and it's like the yeah. horror is slavery, it, well, so it's real. Yeah. so it's that much worse.
0: Yeah, I agree, and that is not. and I only watched clips because I would like Google certain uh-huh. scenes just to see them and it does not feel like that it feels more like maybe a drama like any other drama there is the scene still where she kills the baby but it's not the horror and like i think the thing that makes it so scary in tony morrison's book was like how casual it's yeah. treated it's not it's that whole you know hot topic cool prose thing she doesn't hype it up she doesn't sensationalize or sentimental or make anything sentimental it just mm-hmm. is which makes it even more scary whereas i got the feeling in the movie everything is dramatic and it's like look how look how intense and dramatic this is and it sort of takes away a bit of the horror because it it's oh my gosh it's this it's so melodramatic it becomes melodramatic which sort of buffers it and makes it a little less doesn't hit quite as closely all respect to oprah but yeah that's
1: one criticism i've always heard about her
0: movies Because I heard, I think they did a similar thing with Their Eyes Were Watching God. And that one, I will say, is a bit happier. It's It's not, not
1: it's definitely not as dark.
0: Yes. And so I could easily see that one because they probably go with the whole love story. Yeah. I could easily see that one becoming kind of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think of like um, Mm -hmm. The Color Purple. And it's like, it's a good movie, but it's like, it's totally different from the book.
0: Yes. And I think maybe that's just what you have to do to sell seats, to sell movies, yeah. to sell tickets to—I don't know why I can't today—to sell tickets to put bodies in the seats at the movies. I think the movie-going audience might be different than like the yeah literature reading audience. They might have they had different expectations. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but no, yeah. Watch a few clips. I will watch some clips uh, after this,
1: and I will put on Twitter. It's really,
0: it's really funny because they're. Is the scene where she comes out of the water and she's like lying on this stump, and then Oprah just like dashes off scene, <laughs> and she has to go run and pee. <laughs> and like when you just see it in the movie, it like makes right. no sense. Whereas in the book, like she's like, I had this overwhelming pressure to like, and like there's the need, you get it. Whereas in the book, it's, it's like, like, oh maybe wait, what's or in the movie, it's like, well she just really had to yeah, pee, yeah, yeah, because
1: that's such a weird scene, but she describes it so well. She's just like, like you were saying, like it's just a thing. She's like oh shit, I gotta pee. She's like, running. She's like, fuck, I didn't get there in time. She's just like, peeing. She's like, this is a lot of pee. And you kind of see it going yeah. from like a normal thing, to an urgent thing, to a concerning thing. And it's just so it's fluid. Like a body horror yeah. kind of thing.
0: Whereas in the movie, she just like, was like, like oh, I gotta go. She's like, I'll be right back. Granted, they do, sh- this is my, this kind of gross, they do show it and they show that it's not urine. Yeah. Like, it looks like Water, uh, like she's just evacuating a lot of water, but I feel like it's still not the same as like hearing about that need and then reading it juxtaposed to Beloved's drinking all yeah. the water. Yeah, it so, was freaky. There's that water some yeah, man. Yeah, it was. It's just a yeah. It was a hard book for me <laughs> to finish. I kept taking this book to work and be like, I'll read it during my lunch break. And then I was like, oh, but I also got to work around white people, <laughs> right? So maybe, maybe not the best thing to read on my lunch break.
1: Yeah, it's like I gotta, I gotta be civil still and not like,
0: <laughs> not sorely. Yeah, I feel like we we would be on this conversation. Yeah, all Yeah, there's a lot. Everything. I
1: don't know if there's anything else, you know, dear listener, that you want to share. Hit us up as always.
0: <laughs> Setha was just. I did like the idea of um both Setha and Paul D have their way of like not dealing mm. with things. Paul D has his tin tin can, oh ten heart, yeah, he calls it yeah, uh, where his heart should with be, the lock rusted yeah. shut, yeah. And then I think Setha is just like, <laughs> nope, not enough. Setha's like, just like We're denial. Gonna
1: go ice skating,
0: <laughs> yeah, she's just straight up denial. So it's just interesting. I think, I think I. Probably could relate more to cuz like when I don't feel like yeah. dealing with things, I'm just like not, not yeah. dealing with it. I did think her little breakdown, like I think I can't remember what happens. There's something that sort of upsets her. I think it's hearing about Hallie. It's when she hears that Hallie got went crazy and didn't join her. She talks about like, of course, brain, just keep taking in oh, all this terrible yeah. information. You're just, you're just thirsty for all this horrible things. How much more can you fit? You're always, and I'm like that was it was a really sad yeah. sort of. Self pitying moment to read.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I will say one part that I really liked that was not sad was when um maybe this is just my favorite chapter why I keep going back to it. Stampede um is like talking about like the little sounds and things women do when they think they're not being observed by men. Oh yeah, I thought that was like such an affectionate way to describe like this small domestic thing. I was like in the midst of all this horror it was like just this tiny little thing about black women i was
0: like oh yeah i was glad that paul d was not a fuckboy. I, <laughs> I thought he, might he was become gonna one. one too like when he came in and was like get out of here baby ghost and he was like sort of like yeah i got that ghost out of here i'm like no dude you think if it was that easy right. they would have done it
1: let's all go to the car but um now. i'm
0: yeah but no he sort yeah. of redeemed himself so and I'm he comes glad. back at the end Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was just there's so so much. Oh, and I like the Lady Jones. Lady Jones is a school teacher who taught oh, Denver mm-hmm. when she was little. And then oh, that whole moment when Nelson Lord was like, didn't your mama murder someone? <laughs> and then Denver goes deaf because she says she can't bear yeah. to an answer. So, But then she goes back to Lady Jones like 10 years later and she's the one who helps her sort of build those connections in the community. Right. I was really proud of Denver by the end of the yeah, book. Yeah, she
1: really like was like, "Wait a second. <laughs> I can do I can leave the house. I can be somebody." And she really does tie it all, you know, she's kind of the catalyst for the movement at the end of the book.
0: Yeah. And then at the end, I think she runs into uh, Paul D in town, and I don't know what it is, but they have a disagreement and she's very firm in her own opinions. Mm-hmm. So it's like Oh, it's about her mother, I think, and how she's like, no, she's not okay. But um, she's back together. So you don't have to stay away, but be careful how you talk to my ma'am here. She's a lot more confident than when you hear her at the beginning of the right. book. So right. So I was really proud of her. Dynamic character. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I think that's about as much as I can yeah. <laughs> talk about Beloved today. It was, I'm glad I am finally read it. Like, I was so happy when I got to mark it as Red. Yeah. I was like, boom! Now I got to figure out what other shameful book I should have read by oh, now right. that I need to get off. Pride and Prejudice, probably. I haven't read that one. That was—that's actually a pretty easy read, is it? Yeah. And I don't feel as like like I should read that one the way I should have read Beloved. <laughs> right. Like a black girl, you should have read Beloved. Yeah. You can read Pride and Prejudice. At yeah.
1: <laughs> um, well, okay. Would you recommend this book?
0: I would. I think especially just to study the way that she uses words and the way she uses literature. And then just to learn a bit more about like our own sort of America's original sin as it were Yeah. to really get in there and just, cause I think there's a lot of whitewashing and romanticizing of things happening right now.
1: Mm.
0: And I think mm-hmm. this it's a very pointed story of like what actually did happen. So yes, I think it's a definite recommend. How about you? Yeah, okay? absolutely. Yeah. So. I Just maybe don't read it as fast as I do. Maybe
1: <laughs> yeah, take your. T- it's definitely a book Put you it have you to tie. take your time with.
0: Yeah, and uh, be prepared. That's what I'm gonna have to do with Underground Railroad, aka the book. None of us right. Road. So, oh, the Mocha Girl Reads group is reading it, but um, oh, and who,
1: who, one of our, one of our listeners,
0: Arlene, Arlene, she was like,
1: she I, was like I read it. <laughs>
0: she called. She was like, Don't mix me up with you fools. I read the book. And I was like, "Like, yeah, we're gonna have to own up to that." <laughs> she may be right? the only one <laughs> because we got so many people saying they didn't we really did. We did have a lot of people road. saying it,
1: and you know that's okay. Well,
0: well, but I have that. that, and also Marlon James' The Book of Night Women. Oh, that one was good, but I also heard that one was pretty devastating. Brutal. Yeah, So I'm gonna have to space these out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you were trying to but, read an Untamed State too, right?
0: I started it and then I like paused it. For like you eight are months. like a glutton. <laughs> I know. What like... a destroy. Because that one I really wanted to finish because they were making it into a movie soon. So I was right. like, i well, to read this. And I went and bought it and she came and spoke where I worked. And I was like, Oh, this is neat. She was so funny. And like her essay, she read some of her essays and they were really good. And they're yeah. like, Oh, let me get this book. Like it's about kidnapping. Yep. <laughs> it is not it is not it yeah. That one I may have to start over if I read it again, oh, because yeah. I think it's been so long since I put it down. uh Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, I think we both recommend it. Yeah. So, definitely. Speaking of Mocha Girl Reads. Yes. So we have an
1: announcement that we alluded to in our last episode.
0: We oh. are going to do a collaboration to celebrate our one-year birthday anniversary. Yeah.
1: I like birthday.
0: Okay, our one-year like birthday. Party. <laughs> yeah, Black Chiclet is turning one years old. We made it. We did it. <laughs> I'm still so, not to be a downer, I'm still so excited that we did that. Um, and that we got people listening to us who aren't blood relation. Right. Like, it's great. So we are doing a sort of movie watch live
1: tweet. Tweet along, read along yes. with um, Mocha Girl Reads. If you don't know them, they are a book club. They have several chapters all across the state, uh, not state, all across Country. these states, <laughs> okay, <laughs> these United States, and nice. also <laughs> on the internet. Um, so we, you know, they've always shouted us out since the very beginning, um, have been directing people to us. Um, so we are going to do a collaboration. Where we're Return gonna the love. Return the love, spread it around. Um <laughs> What we're gonna do is um pick a book. Um we're we're going to um talk about how we're gonna pick the book in a second, and then we're going to um watch the movie adaptation of that book, and we're also going to have um the founder of Mocha Girl Reads on a bonus episode in between. So Woo! lots of stuff it's for the whole, summer. It's like
0: a whole celebration.
1: <laughs> yeah, a whole celebration. Um so Danny, do you wanna talk about the Options for the book and how we're going to do the poll?
0: Yeah, I think we've decided we're just going to do a Twitter poll and we'll pin it to the top. And the four options we picked, we wanted things that people could get to easily. Mm-hmm. So our four options will be Queen Sugar by Natalie Bazaar. Brazil. Brazil, yeah, I already <laughs> missed, missed it up. I'm sorry. Yeah, Hustella and we go- gro-
1: <laughs> Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, How Stella Got Her Groove Back by mm-hmm. Terry McMillan. Waiting to Exhale by Terry McMillan. <laughs> think like a man which i believe is by steve harvey
1: yes so So, um (laughs) pick the one that you would be most interested you know if you've read it already or you have some idea of course you don't have to read it if you don't have the time we're gonna do a month in between um announcing the book and then actually doing it we'll talk about the timeline in a bit but pick the book that you like pick the book that you have access to and pick um, the one you
0: just think would be funnier that
1: you think would be funnier yeah if we do Queen Sugar, I think we'll either do, like, the first episode or the first episode of the second season. I don't know. We can talk about it. Yeah. Um, but the others, obviously, we would
0: watch the movie. Yeah. So. And then we would schedule a day where we would watch it and everyone could just sort of live tweet it.
1: Yeah. So, so I think tentatively, um, and I'm getting out my calendar because. <laughs> we got a lot of dates floating
0: around. <laughs> right. It
1: was so much. Um, Let's see. And Danielle, correct me if I am wrong. But um uh let's see. So we are going to we're now to get this episode, which will come out on June 14th. June 14th. So the poll's gonna go live June 14th. I think we're gonna keep it up um I don't know, I'm open to July, so let me go to the yeah. right. So this is going to come out June 14th, that's when the poll will come out, and we'll keep it open until um, probably the 23rd or 24th of June, when we do our yeah. next recording, then yeah. we will announce the winner on the 28th, um, that'll give you-
0: For so the next episode.
1: Yeah, the, the following episode. Um, we'll, we'll announce who won the Twitter poll, that will give you, and then we'll all start reading the book. Um, I believe that we will have our bonus episode with Mocha Girl Reads, um, that will come out the 26th of July. Um, so that gives you a long time to read the book. I think I'm going to go and actually go to the meeting Mocha Girl Reads, yeah you
0: gotta
1: report back yeah yeah so i'll report back on that and then we will actually do the tweeting i think early august we have it set for yes so i think the first weekend in august probably first or second weekend so we'll put all these up on the website and on twitter so we you know you have yeah i don't um, feel
0: you have to keep keep track of this
1: obviously i had to look at two calendars to read it but um yeah we'll get all that out to you but in the meantime think about which book you want and um just look out for the twitter poll
0: yeah but we still have regular business we still do have regular business fancy business <laughs> we have our next bonus episode yes where we asked i think you your uh, boyfriend had a good question i thought that was great yeah your favorite adaptation of a book into another medium. Yes. Maybe that TV show, movie,
1: interpretive book, dance.
0: <laughs> interpretive dance song. Musical?
1: Musical? True. The Color
0: Purple musical is coming here and I didn't want to see it. So we just want to know, like, and then I guess it'd be good to know why you thought it was so successful. Because we always hear, oh, the book was better. Right. So what is your favorite adaptation and why does it work? Yeah. If you can fit that in 140 characters, you could do it. You. <laughs> you could do a screenshot. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, I'm looking forward to that one because I've been thinking about that one on mine. I'm like, huh, what would I say? I feel like I have a couple. Oh,
1: yeah. So, I haven't thought of one yet. I um, guess we have time.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I was going to say, I think, um, Black, pa- like, the, um, this, I would say one more literate, but the thing that first came to my mind was the Civil War comic because I read that in preparation for the movie. It was terrible. The movie was much better. Wait, which um, Civil War? Uh, um, Marvel Civil War. Uh, it was terrible, and I thought the movie was better. I will come up with a more literate answer for the next, no, for the I mean, real that's one. Good. But it was really bad, so yeah, I didn't read I, Civil War, and I was like, This is why I don't read comics, this is kind of silly. <laughs> um, so that's what we're doing next. And then for our next, do we announce our next book? Oh, uh, bonus episode, we do I that on the bonus. Who I am okay, so but yeah, think on that, yeah, in the meantime. That's it, y'all. We read *Beloved*. We finally did it. Uh huh. Look at us. Go. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are well-read women. Yes. So, oh boy, I have the, I have the, I bought the hardback copy, and it's just sitting on my bookshelf now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I never, I didn't read it. I ended up reading it on Nook. Oh. Uh, yeah, because I didn't I didn't. Really I never realized how inconvenient print books are. <laughs> <laughs> like I like to read lying down, and I like to read like at night with just a lamp on. Uh, so I need a lot of light and I need something that I don't mind if the page, like I don't want to have to worry about wrinkling pages or whatever. Yeah, that's true. So books, extreme inconvenience. But other than that, <laughs> um, as usual, rate, review, subscribe. We're on iTunes, helps other people find it. And it's a free way to support us. Yes. Um,
1: and then you can find us on Twitter, uh, black chick Clit. Um, Instagram, BCL Podcast, or you can email us at contact at com Woo!
0: And I think that's it. Oh, and then because we want to make sure you don't think we're creeps, I'm on Twitter at at Danny underscore Lacey. So if you ever res- tweet to us and you see somebody responding from that account, that's me. And, and then Molly.
1: Yeah, I'm M-1. So
0: yep. look out for us.
1: Uh um, we pop
0: up every now and then, we do we forget to use we forget to use the Black Chicklet account.
1: I do that all the time,
0: so but I think that's it. I think I'm just so glad to be <laughs> I shouldn't be as relieved as I am. I'm so glad to be done, and I'm so glad i've I'm glad I've read it for many reasons, but I'm glad I've read it just so I can be just to be done with it yeah it was it was a heavy book to read this week, yeah, yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> So, um, I'm currently reading a whole bunch of trashy, well, they're not trashy, Courtly Milan historical romances. I'm reading a one series where like this, this like group of, she likes families. Cause like all her series I've read are like about brothers. And so in this one, mm. their mother went crazy and like left them on the streets of London <laughs> and they all dealt with it in their own way. So I'm reading all their stories. Oh. So it's, it's been a nice change from, from Beloved. Yeah. What are you reading? So we usually uh, do this earlier,
1: but we do. Um, I don't know if I talked about this one, but I finished um, the Husband's secret. Um, <gasps> I wanted to read that
0: one. I just wanted to know what the secret was. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I guess that's that's how you can tell, like the back jacket has been well written, so right? I was like,
1: ooh. Um, so that is why I read. um I, I can't remember if I talked about it. Like I read. Big Little Lies, and I was like, oh, I really love this. And I read The Husband's Secret, which I didn't think was as good.
0: Oh, um, so it's not that big of a secret?
1: No, it's a very big secret. Okay. <laughs> it's just something about the construction of it just didn't seem... It's an earlier book of hers. Okay. Um, And if you had to read, if you were going to read one, then I would probably read Big Little Lies over the husband's secret but i did finish it and it was like a nice compliment to beloved that's a little fluffier um so
0: yeah i think yeah i read all of the i read nothing serious while reading beloved i needed that mental break yeah yeah so all righty i'm excited we did it we did it thanks for joining us guys yeah
1: we'll talk to you um in two weeks
0: <laughs> Yay, and I finally understood what Molly says when she says that. We finally got our time <laughs> lots together, right? Bye. Okay, bye, guys.